0: But what it means to say is that the planning process is fixed. Mm. However, when the first bullet whiffs past your head, you've got to make changes on the fly. And that is very relatable to how entrepreneurship is like.
1: Stefan Fong was formerly a Special Operations Force officer with the Singapore Armed Forces Commandos for over 15 years, before transitioning to become the International Spartan Race Director and Spartan SGX Master Instructor. He's is now the founder of Elixir, a personalised fitness app that brings together the fitness ecosystem, the users, trainers, gyms, and supply chains for optimal training programs and performance. Hi everyone, welcome back. Today I'm here with Stefan Fung from Elixir. Tell us more about yourself.
0: Right, so um, I was an ex-special forces officer for 16 years. Um, left the army five years ago. Joined Spartan Race as a race director. Mm. Then. Uh, Went into tech entrepreneurship, started Elixir, yeah.
1: Awesome. And tell us more about your founding story and how this startup came about.
0: Right. Sure. So my last appointment when I was in the army, I was actually in charge of NS Men. Mm. Right. And my, um, my passion was getting the NS Men fit. And uh, of course, then thereafter, getting the community fit. So I started off being a personal trainer near the place I was staying, doing volunteer work from the grassroots. And I realised that I could probably only effect change in 20 people mm. per week when they come from my classes.
1: Because you're limited by your time
0: also. Exactly, yeah. And then after, um, when I left the army, I joined Spartan Race. Mm. Um, whenever I set up a race with a few thousand people that get fit through the through the event I organised. Um, and I do realise that there's still a limit because people who are not into Spartan Race would not be able to, to effect the change in their healthy lifestyle.
1: Correct. Yeah, so
0: I went to tech. And then, um, yeah, started Elixir to make it more scalable, providing fitness training for the masses.
1: I see, and how did the idea of this solution come about? Did you have someone with some sort of tech background that you bounce ideas with?
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so um, little-known story, actually, uh, I, I, I know Joel from Shopback, mm-hmm. right, because we used to serve in Commandos together. So when I was trying to find a more scalable solution, other than being a Spartan race director, then I thought that a uh, tech could be the way to go. Mm. So I just gave him a call, like, hey, Joel, is there somebody I can talk to? He introduced me to James, right, Yeah. from Quest, and that's how the journey started.
1: Awesome. And, you know, back when you were in the military, everything is quite straight. Uh, It's very structured. Uh, that's my impression of military, you know, there's, there's always form and structure in place. But entrepreneurship is quite a different school of thoughts where you're You're always adaptable day to day. Uh, Everything's very flexible. Everything's quite unknown. There's not a lot of structure uh, for a a solo entrepreneur, especially. So, how did that jump feel for you and and what were some of the challenges that you faced?
0: Right. So, as um, Coraline mentioned, MITRI is a very organized um, organization, right? Organized. Yes. Right. So, uh, a lot of things are fixed. But what it means to say is that the planning process is fixed. Mm. However, when the first bullet whiffs past your head, you've got to make changes on the fly. And that is very relatable to how entrepreneurship is like. Must think on your feet. Uh, exactly. Okay. Yeah. And then I think what um, I had really learned from my time in the army was this thing about resilience, about never give up. And that's what entrepreneurship is about, right? Mm. Because whenever the founder gives up, then that's it. Right? But if the founder never gives up, there's always a chance to pivot. And
1: there's always a chance to do better. Mm. Now, Elixir started out as a DNA test kit and personalized training company and has since combined that with a smart fitness platform for users, trainers, and businesses. And now today, Elixir focuses a lot on community building and providing fitness services for the masses, right? So let's go through the decision-making process behind the expansion and why it was a
0: necessary step towards achieving this vision. Right. So um, community building and fitness is something that I've always been very passionate about. Um, from the time I was in the army to the time I was doing volunteer work. Mm. Because in the army, it's about a bunch of guys from different backgrounds coming together for a common goal, mm. which is for the defense of the country. So when you move there into community building, you're also getting people from different backgrounds, mm. trying to bring them and lead a healthy lifestyle. Mm. So there's some alignment there. Correct. Right. So with regards to DNA testing and personalized training, that was what we initially started with launching uh, when we started the company. But you know, as a VC-backed company, the traction and early product market fit is very important. And when we realized that we are a little bit too early in the curve, we decided to go back to the very fundamentals, which was what I'm passionate about, community building, mm. and that's where we are. Awesome.
1: And- the next thing is, I'm very, very curious because I read this a couple of times in some of the interviews and quotes they you've given, right, uh, that you are quite a big believer in Kaizen. Tell us more about what is it and also how that is reflected in your startup.
0: Sure. So um, Kaizen is this um, Japanese philosophy, mm. um, which is about continuous improvement. Mm. Um, little known to a lot of people, Kaizen is actually one of the core values when I was in SOF. Oh really? Yeah, it's actually what the core value is. Oh okay. Yeah, so it's about being that little bit better day after day, and then cumulatively, you will then get better at the other day. Mm. So how it has been shown in my entire startup journey is that we started off doing things that's non-scalable. Then mm. thereafter, we went to personalized training, realized that traction wasn't great, and then we went to platform, and then we went down this literally inspired route. So mm. you can see that the company has evolved. And the reason is because we want to get better every day. Mm. And that is exactly the value of Kaizen.
1: I see. And is do you see that in the community that you're building and the users uh, that are engaging with the Alexa platform?
0: Mm, for sure. So there are some users, uh, we first started off, they are just joining the regular bootcamp classes. For example, at Sports Hub, yeah. doing that 5 push-up, 10 push-up. And then over time, we see them getting more and more active. They start to sign up a gym membership. They start to run their first marathon, start to join their first Spartan race. And then also in their entire um, uh, fitness journey, you can also see them improving day by day. And that's exactly the principle of Kaiser.
1: And how does that make you feel as someone who's impacting so much change in their lifestyle, in their health?
0: I think it's definitely uh, very uh, heartwarming. Because I think um, The ability to give Is a gift mm. And I'm just happy To be part of their journey As they get on this um, Healthy lifestyle Moving from sedentary To active And then becoming even more active
1: And fair Right. And, you know, there's so much pressure of being an entrepreneur on top of, you know, the promise of helping people in their fitness and their lifestyle, right? And uh, you have been one of the startups selected for the Global Sports Innovation Center powered by Microsoft, among other prestigious programs, right? Are there some sort of expectations for you and how do you deal with it?
0: Mm, I think as a startup, we always want to do something that we are passionate about and are good at. Yeah. So um, fitness is something that um, I've always been very interested in right from the time when I was in, in J.C. to university and then that's my first career. So being selected for this program um, actually showed that there is some value we're bringing to the table mm. and there's also some something special about what we're doing and whether do, is that expectation for us to do better. I think this is a self-imposed expectation I have for myself.
1: More than any other external pressure. Exactly, yes. yeah.
0: So I, so I think all those um, awards that we've won is just um, something that is being given to us based on our hard work, but it's not a source of motivation. Mm. But rather, it's like an end result. Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay. And uh, before uh, you know the pandemic, Elixir organized a lot of like, offline training and events like Superfit and Red X. Mm. And after more than a year of going decentralized or having virtual sports events and classes, right what are some of the lessons that you've learned over this crazy last
0: one year? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my journey started off from offline. going Correct. Online, right. Um, and in fact, offline activities is, uh, I, I look at offline activities as a way for people to congregate and build that relationship for sustenance of interest. Hmm. So having such offline activity is great for that, um, for that bond building, you know, team building, hmm. expect, and now, with the pandemic, it only means to say that we can now have that offline activity decentralized yes. so that we abide by the SMM measures and also make it a lot more scalable. Right? Mm. Because, let's say, for example, if you only had Spartan Race in one location, when you only have Red X in one location, correct. people who don't go there can't experience the activity.
1: Correct, correct. So now we
0: have it decentralized and it becomes a lot more fun. Yes, and that's where the bit
1: comes in and it also becomes more accessible for people who you know for myself I might be very intimidated by Spartan you know so much hunks and all the ripped people going there I, I might not even dare to sign up mm-hmm. uh, but I guess with little activities going around all across the La- Island, not only is it more convenient to get to but it's also accessible at people at different stages in their own fitness journey and uh, there's something for everybody on the table right now
0: yeah exactly so, so for example the most recent recent uh, RedX we conducted during SAF Day, 1st July. It was the first uh, decentralized execution mm. whereby we had a marquee site over at Club Key. That's Correct. a gym we're working out uh, from. And there were three other gyms around Singapore all streaming in um, on, onto the same platform mm. for people to to have that, um, to build that camaraderie whereby it's the same activity but executed differently mm. in different locations.
1: And what was the biggest challenge that you deal with this event for Red X and how do you deal with it?
0: I think it's always about um, Selling the concept right? Yeah Because you know Being a first mover There's always this This um, Inertia right? in Inertia by people right So you know They'll know that Hey whether Is this something That I want to try Do want to yeah. try So it's always about Taking that first step Try Use it as a use case And then show the rest of the world That hey This what has been done Let's do it together
1: mm. yeah. Awesome, and you know, fitness used to be an industry resistant to digitalization. and not just that, even thrive in digitalization. Say the nostalgia of like Peloton, for example, but. Because of all these restrictions, uh, because of COVID-19, right, it seems that digital fitness is here to stay. Uh, and it's not just a novelty thing, or it's not just for Peloton users. And consumers are more than willing to accept it, you know, virtual trainings and, uh, you know, events like what you mentioned just now. So what do you think this spells for the industry for the next five years?
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so from a personal standpoint... I still believe very much on offline engagement
1: okay, because that is
0: where real relationships are being built. Agreed. Okay. Right? Online content distribution or online access to content is more for us to scale hmm. and also as a means for others to reach um, and have access to the content without being physically there. Hmm. So in my sense, is this hybrid model um, will be here for a while and it's really about which company or which group of people can understand and, and then tap onto them into that secret formula to be able to really um, provide more value to the consumers out there while still abiding by the um, SMM measures currently um, that's being in place.
1: And are there some sort of change in consumer behaviours
0: that you've noticed hmm. changed in the past few years? I think first of all, um, uptake of fitness activities, definitely there's uptake and the reason is because there's only one legit reason for you to get out of the house circuit breaker.
1: Yes, that's true. I started running a lot at McRitchie Reservoir, like, and I don't used to run at all. It's just, you know, nice to take a breather outside of my confined home. So I completely agree with you. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I'm a firm believer in uh, outdoor fitness <laughs> training, um, being one of the activities that we can do during such COVID situation. That's yes. one. Number two, um, consumption of digital content, right? Because Um, back in those days where we used to work out at gyms like Fitness First Pure Fitness Mm. Virgin Active we will be thinking why do I need to work out in front of a monitor screen through Zoom Mm. but now in this current situation during lockdown like hey this is the best I could get to get connected with my friends when we're all down to the same video platform and Mm. watch each other work out so I think that is uh, what the current situation is going to be based on um, consumer behaviour.
1: So what I hear from you is more acceptance and more adoption which is all the plus points for you to ride on this
0: wave. Mm, yeah, for any um, all those fitness companies that's riding out to the digitization
1: um, wave. Awesome. And, you know, let's talk about some of the other uh, businesses like ClassBus, it's known as an on-demand service and MindBody, it's known as a white-label solution for gyms and personal trainers. So where do you see uh, Elixir positioned
0: as? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always looked at Elixir being a direct-to-consumer brand, right, serving the community. So uh, if you look at ClassPass, um, they acquire uh, gyms as customers, um, and then putting their um, available slots onto a common membership for consumers to book. Mm. So they're like a marketplace. Yeah. Then uh, for my body, they are more of a gym management software, a Mm. little bit like Glowfox, whereby uh, they help to manage the attendance tracking, Uh, They help to manage uh, the sales of products and services Mm -hmm. of customers. So I see Elixir as a diet-to-consumer brand, which is a very verticalized community, Mm -hmm. right? So all the way from um, social fitness content to booking of classes to fitness reward system Mm -hmm. and even tracking of your own health science data. Right. So that is what our business is. So we are very, very focused.
1: So you're not just enabling, you know, your gyms and personal trainers, but you're also enabling the consumers mm-hmm. uh, in their fitness consumption and tracking of their health and fitness levels.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, like for example, one of our clients is Singapore Sports Hub. Yep. Yeah. So Sports Hub uses our app to track attendance and also um, as a reward redemption platform for mm. their clients. Um, Some personal trainers or coaches use us as a lead generation tool To sell themselves, sell their service um, Be it having free or paid classes Mm.
1: Okay, I see And do you see uh, any change in the solutions that you're providing right now Over the next few years?
0: Or if not, what's next for you? So I think um, there's always so much a founder one to do But uh, what we are building is building products and services that consumers want. Yes. So um, so as a direct-to-consumer brand, I think a lot of the things that we are doing now is is um, hinging upon the, what the consumers really want through feedbacks, through surveys. So they say that, hey, Stefan, I think maybe you should come up with merchandise. Or Stefan, maybe you want to consider selling t-shirts or, or sandbags <laughs> or whatever. And then like, if there's enough demand, we might go down that route or we might just stick to a pure digital platform. Yeah, can't be sure for now.
1: Do you have any tips for other platform businesses out there on how to scale?
0: Mm. I, I think I'm, I'm not a very successful entrepreneur to begin with. So I think a lot of the, some of the things that I'm going to share as a platform, I think you need to be very clear whether are you a platform like a Grab, like a Gojek where you're a marketplace or are you a direct to consumer brand? Mm. right? Because um, mobile applications is just a means or channel of, Delivering your services. I see. Yeah, so it's it's not it's not like a, a all for one solution. Yeah, mm. so that's how I feel.
1: Okay, yeah. sure. And. Elixir is headquartered in Singapore, but it also has very strong roots in Japan as well, uh, with a wholly owned subsidiary in Japan and having been part of the accelerated programs by Plug and Play and 500 Startups in Japan. So tell us more about your journey in Japan and what it's like breaking into such a well-known, homogeneous and closed markets uh, as a foreign firm. Sure.
0: So so I think um, as, as I shared, right, um, I came from an engineering background, never entrepreneur to, to start off with. So when I wanted to go into a schoolhouse to learn how to run a tech business, I actually went up to, to Google. I was like, uh, "Best accelerators in the world, mm. right?" So the four came up. Yeah. So there's YC, Y Combinator, Techstars, Plug and Play, and then 500. Mm. Right. So I tried to apply for YC. Um, that was I think three years ago. I didn't get in, and then I think somehow I got targeted by 500. So. The app pop out on Facebook, and then I was reading through, I'm like, okay, 500 in Kobe. I'm like, okay, Kobe is not too far.
1: Okay. It's
0: in Japan. <laughs> and then I was, I was also timing the time and space, because when I joined 500 back in 2018, Olympics was poised to happen.
1: Oh, yes. Guess. Correct. Yeah, correct. And
0: there wasn't any COVID. Correct. So in my mind, I was like, okay, I'll join 500, and then if I can get a foot in the door, and probably we can do something... During Olympics
1: I see It's perfect timing Exactly
0: yes, yes. Uh, But you know Perfect
1: Yeah but okay so, so Black Swan
0: <laughs> So Black Swan came and then, uh, But we managed to raise Some funds from Japan And um, being uh, uh, Being somebody That had benefited From the program That's why we set up A subsidiary In Japan And then we continue our business there
1: But how do you establish Some sort of network uh, And tap into A completely different uh, Base of
0: consumers
1: In Japan mm.
0: Okay so I think We are still really In the infancy um, stage so when I started off uh, 500 program in Kobe, I had a bunch of uh, batch mates, all Japanese, who are very close with me. And, and when they understood my story from a soldier to a community leader and now a tech entrepreneur, they were fascinated and they're all very willing to help. And so, which is why they managed to introduce me to some investors and then I pitched. Uh, and then like he, he was like, okay, you're in and and, and, and that's how it started
1: and this really leads to my next question which is your fundraising journey and I'm really fascinated about how you found several advisors and mentors uh, especially in your angel investors base including Mr. Toru Shimada ex-CEO of Rakuten Asia how critical was it to find uh, the right support for Elixir's success and how did you uh, even engage these high profile investors come mentors uh
0: in your fundraising journey mm, I think as per all tech founders We know that um, When you want to approach a VC uh, Having a warm introduction Is most important
1: Exactly yeah. It is Same yeah. here at Quest
0: yeah. So so likewise like When I was introduced to James It was through Joel mm. right? So when I was introduced to Shimada-san It was through one of my batch mates Who had already raised Some money from him So when I met him In his office in Tokyo It was a couple of meetings later When he eventually said that Hey I think what you're doing is interesting because you're empowering the community to get fitter and there um, you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, 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 and that's, you
1: make it sound too simple, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always simple in retrospect, right? But I think for all founders that's say to me now, you'll be like, yes, definitely. Right. It's a
1: painful journey. It is,
0: it is. I think as somebody who's running the NUS um, Angel
1: uh, uh, yes the Android
0: On uh, network right? Yeah, correct, yeah, correct I think you will have Listened to so many pictures As well Correct, correct. So I think we all know how, how the journey is like
1: It's not easy When you have completed The fundraising journey And your style Has somewhat taken off Of course it seems You know Very step by step process thing And things fall into place But you know Being in the right place Right time With the right people And having to align All the stars Is the
0: tricky part For yeah. a startup yeah, For sure So I always believe That you always uh, Work very hard Because If you only work hard when the opportunity is here, you never know when it's going to come. Yes, you need to be prepared to be lucky, right? Exactly, yeah. So you work hard every day and then when the opportunity comes, you're like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go for it. Awesome. I was about to ask you about tips for young entrepreneurs, but I
1: think that sums it up already. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else to share with tech entrepreneurs out there right now?
0: So I think um, as a tech entrepreneur, the way we run a tech business is very different from a brick and mortar business. That's one. Um, so you need to tap on some resources. For example, Quest has got great mentors um, mm. and, and likewise for some of the accelerator programs out there. Mm. Um, get involved, read more, I think that's key. Uh, one of the first books that I read was uh, Zero to One.
1: Of course, right, yes. Right? Zero to deal, one. yes. One, that's
0: one. And secondly, I would say is um, always remember uh, why did you started this company and really to be very passionate about it because let's face it right early stage startups the founders won't pay themselves as much as what they used to be paid exactly right so you've got to really bite the bullet and go for it and and never give up because the moment when you say that okay you hang out of boots and that's it then that's when the journey ends and you can't fact change anymore, but yeah. as long as you're alive, there's still some things you can do.
1: Yeah, there must be some sort of inherent motivation and also a purpose-driven uh, each part, each step of the journey, no matter how painful that is. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, thank you so much for your time. Now, before we end the show, where can people find out more about you and connect with you?
0: Um, you can uh, find me on IG, Instagram, mm-hmm. right? So my handle is underscore special sources. Right.
1: Awesome Okay And what's your
0: website For Elixir? Um, it's wwwd elXr.com
1: Awesome Thank you so much For spending time With us today And talking to us About entrepreneurship Fitness and tech uh, And also your Founding story Thank you so much And we hope you enjoyed Today's episode Thank you Thank you Bye Bye I'm Vanessa, and thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by Quest Ventures, top venture capital fund in Asia, in collaboration with Pixel, the innovation hub of Infocom Media Development Authority. Follow us for more exciting episodes to come and stay in touch with us or find out more about Quest Ventures Investment Syndicates at questventures.com. Till next time.